so to be honest i really enjoyed my conversation with leah it was you know such a very warm conversation just listening to her talk about her journey from being the founder to being an enabler and then you know desiring to go back into uh, being a founder apparently um, now she's you know going into the world of entrepreneurship as a founder fully um, from some of the things that she has shared in recent time via her social media channels but i i think this is one conversation to be pinned because the content of the conversation really reflects why you know this interaction with enablers of the startup ecosystem is necessary to be able to see how they're thinking about you know the founder experience how they're thinking about you know founders capacity and their growth and the ability to take on the challenges in front of them and take on the opportunities ahead of them i, I i'm really really i'm really really glad about you know this conversation and i really want you to get straight into my conversation with leah Nduati of the room by alx group Hello everyone, I'm Cynthia Ichisom and welcome to Startup Stories with Cynthia. This is where we talk about the real, relatable, inspiring and exciting journey of startup founders. So, let's get straight into it. Hello everyone, it's really great to be here again in this episode i have with me someone really interesting you know i mentioned to you guys that we're going to bring ecosystem enablers into this conversation because i feel like their voice um what they have to say how they're thinking about you know their work you know we need to hear it we need to see how um they intend to support founders or how they are currently supporting founders the last time we had gerald black and we had a very very great conversation you know i always bring the best you know, into this episode, into our podcast. So I have with me someone who is doing amazing, amazing work, you know, in in her field. And we're going to be going deep into her work. But guys, please put your hands together and just welcome with me, Leah Duarte. Hi, Leah. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So guys, um, just a, a, a brief um, intro. Leah is currently the accelerator lead at the room, right? I'm going to give her the opportunity to talk about what um, they do, but mm-hmm. if if you know anything about accelerators and incubators, um, those are programs designed to support founders to help them through the building process. Um, so Leah, uh, just give us an intro into you know the work that you do at at the room. Awesome. So actually. Um... We at the room, you know, we are part of a bigger group called the African Leadership Group, um, yes. and it's the um, the group that's given you the African Leadership Academy, the African Leadership University, ALX, which is our online platform where we train hundreds of thousands of young Africans in tech, and then also we have the room, which is our our community of senior tech talent. So, out of all these uh, amazing young Africans that we're training, we discovered that they are building they are building startups they are venturing into entrepreneurship and so we came up with an arm an entrepreneurship arm to support them mm-hmm. and that arm is called alx ventures so alx ventures is part of the group that owns the room but uh, our team is called alx ventures and at alx ventures we have a support process for our founders and the first one is called a founder academy this is mm-hmm. where 
our founders come with an idea, they really haven't, you know, fleshed it out. They haven't um, thought through it as well. And so through the Founder Academy, they are able to come up with at least a canvas model, for a business canvas model for this idea, come up with their first pitch deck, come up with a video intro of their business, and then have a draft of their MVP, you know, the version one of their MVP. So from the Founder Academy, then they go into an incubator. I'm sure most of your listeners know what an incubator is. Yeah. And at the incubator, we now push them into traction, getting their first customers, you know, getting to market, um, trying to get the validation of their product. And then also they start talking to early stage investors. And so we get them into the pitching mode, you know, understanding how to pitch, how to talk to investors, and then getting themselves to believe even more in their product and their idea. Hmm. And so after the incubator, then we have the accelerator where I sit. So I lead the accelerator and at the accelerator stage, you already have, you know, kind of a product market fit, right? Customers have accepted the product. They're paying for your service or your product. And so at the accelerator stage, what we're looking for is how can we enable you to scale further? How can we enable you to get more customers and then also set foundations for your business to scale? So we work on a milestone with the startups. And this milestone is a six-month um, process where we have analysts on board. We have experts on board. And then we also have a research team. So we support you through the milestone. And um, the support looks like, you know, every week we have a call. We look at what are the deliverables. And then we continue to support you. So essentially, we become an extension of your team through the acceleration process. And we enable you to grow. Yeah. Wow. So pretty much, you know, an individual, you know, gets into the ALS, ALX um, University, the AL, um, African Leadership Group. And they come out with like a company, like a proper company, right? Yes, yes. And it's very interesting because, you know, the, the students that take the LX Ventures courses online, you know, we have software engineering, we have data analysis. Um, and part of their learning is that they have to come up with a project, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea was that if you're coming up with a project and these are tech techies and they, they know they're developers, they're actually developing these products as a project. Mm -hmm. But what if this could actually convert into an actual business. And that's what mm -hmm. the whole chain of ALX Ventures is about. And there's one thing that we usually look at, anybody who's been through the African Leadership Group, we look at Africa as a home where we have grand challenges, mm -hmm. but also we have grand opportunities. Mm -hmm. So everything we work on through the African Leadership Group is looking at tackling these grand challenges or addressing these grand opportunities, things like healthcare, things like agriculture, you know. And so these projects that we are now turning into startups are actually projects or what I would call solutions. They're actually solutions for Africa's grand challenges or grand opportunities. Yeah. Mm, I love that, solutions to African. Because when you think about Africa, you know, there is the there's the label, you know, there's the label of poverty, there's the label of, oh, you guys are, you know, third world. But yeah. you know, your perspective as an organization is to see how we can turn that around, you know, in our favor. Where mm -hmm. we say, um, regardless of the challenges, this is these are opportunities for us to actually innovate. These are opportunities for us to actually scale and grow as a continent in a way that no other continent has ever seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that you mentioned scale because if it's a grand challenge, that presents a really big opportunity for scale and across the continent, not just within one market. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is incredible work. And, that, and this is not even your first you know, work when it comes to supporting um, founders. I think I'm really, really curious to you know how 
you sort of got here? Um, because I know that they don't, they don't, they don't teach this in universities. I don't think people, you know, get degrees in, you know, supporting founders. Yeah. So, mm. w- was what was the initial um, dream, and then how did you sort of jump into this ecosystem? Well, this is. <laughs> This is amazing because you're right. I mean, now there are like courses about entrepreneurship and, you know, venture building uh, or entrepreneurial vent- venturing. But uh, when I started, there wasn't anything like this. I just, I knew that I had a passion for Africa. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Kenyan, but I live in Ghana and I've been in Ghana for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And one of my dreams was to to work and travel across Africa. And I wanted to go to all the African countries before I was 30 years old. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't happen, but uh, <laughs> it's still on course. Uh, hopefully, we'll get there. <laughs> so, um, I would say that the theme of my work, I think just because of that passion for Africa, the theme of my work has, has revolved around um, connecting Africans, uh, con- entrepreneurship, and then um, I think making sure that there are opportunities across the continent. So I started off in advertising. Actually, my background, uh, my training is in communication and economics. So I started out in advertising, and that's what brought me to Ghana, supporting brands to, you know, make noise, get more customers, um, make more revenue. And then as part of doing that, um, an opportunity came where I had to consult for, you know, uh, high-level people in government about uh, trade between East and West Africa. And based out of those conversations, I saw an opportunity where I launched something called the Kenya Trade Expo in Ghana. So this was the first expo, um, which was like between East and West, between Kenya and Ghana. And what we would do is uh, bring entrepreneurs or businesses from Kenya into Ghana mm-hmm. and vice versa, take businesses from Ghana into Kenya. And this is where, this is where I really saw like we, we are joking if we are not considering our businesses as African businesses. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to get like the, the kind of impact that we have or the kind of um, revenues that we need to make a difference if we're not looking at our businesses as African. So instead of looking at your business as a Kenyan business, you have to look at it as an African business. At the same time, I realized that there's a lot of conversations that goes on with, within governments, you know? They set up bilateral agreements for trade. Uh, they say, we're gonna support businesses to do this and that. But then African businesses, hardly ever look at those agreements or hardly mm-hmm. ever push into those agreements to take uh, the opportunities that lie there. So that's really what was the driving force between um, set, uh, behind setting up the Kenya Trade Expo in Ghana. Uh, essentially, uh, we, we managed to really rally business communities and government and bring about the whole conversation of African trade. By the time we were finished, we had an embassy the Kenyan embassy in Ghana, which we never had before. I managed to convince a minister to not go to Italy for a business trip and rather follow me to Kenya. Uh, that was a Ghanaian minister. And it was really an eye-opener also for him. And we were able to, I mean, successfully help some businesses establish across the continent. Hmm. So part of the learning from this was that some of the startups or some of the entrepreneurs we were meeting, they wanted to expand, but they were not ready. There are some fundamentals that needed to be there, you know. And as part of pushing the expo, I came across one entrepreneurship support organization called Growth Africa. We had a we had a meeting with them when we were trying to understand how organizations in Kenya are supporting entrepreneurs. And then down the line, about two years later, when they were ready to come into Ghana, we had a conversation, and um, 
in a matter of time, I joined the Growth Africa team. Mm-hmm. And I, I set up the Growth Africa Accelerator in Ghana, and I led that uh, for three years. So that was what I was doing before I, I joined ALX Ventures. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So this trade expo was your idea, and you executed it flawlessly. Is that it? Not flawlessly. Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> nobody executes flawlessly. It was my idea. So that was my, that was my first founding experience. Actually, wow. the, yeah, I was consulting. You know, I was doing the communication consulting, and then this 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 opportunity came about. So that was like my first real founder experience, and it forced me to. Oh God, like, you know, like when I work with founders, I can feel it, you know, you can't sleep. Then you have to like call people incessantly, like a stalker, you know, if you're doing this. So when, when you're, when you're telling a founder that you have to do sales, you have to do those calls as a founder yourself, you know, I know, I know from where, it, you know, where it's coming from. So that was my wow. first experience being a founder. Yeah. Wow. I, I think, I think for me, I mean, you guys, you guys need to give, give ecosystem enablers like the flowers because you, your idea wasn't just about you, you know, launching a product or a service. It was about connecting people together, people mm-hmm. in two different countries, you know, mm-hmm. based on your experience and the people that you actually know in those spaces. But you pushed for that and you did this for how, how long? Um, so we set up the, the expo at the beginning of 2015 and we ran it all the way into 2018. So by the time COVID came, things slowed mm-hmm. down. And then um, we had we now have an embassy here, which is active, and we have an embassy in in Kenya that's active. And then most interesting thing that happened also is that the African Union started the conversation around the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. Mm-hmm. So now the governments are deliberate about trading across Africa. And so what um, ended up happening is that we are passing on the expo to the embassies. Essentially, that's their job. And then we continue with supporting entrepreneurs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. So you, you took upon yourself, you know, that responsibility of, of the government mm. as an individual. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that for me, is, it's, it's incredible. I, I mean, where did you get such a vision like that from? Okay. So maybe, maybe, maybe I should even ask this question. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned your passion for Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know where that came from because, you know, when I have conversations with people, they say, okay, maybe they had a conversation with someone and it sort of opened them up or they read a book or it was their upbringing, you know, how they are, what their father or their mother said, you know, mm-hmm. what exactly, you know, sparked that passion, intense passion for Africa so much so that you could do something like that? You know, I really can't tell like whether it was, uh, something monumental, but I was part of this um, youth organization, which is in most universities called ISAC. Mm. So in ISAC, I guess our vision was to to achieve peace and fulfillment for humankind. Mm. And the belief was that if we were able to travel across, and, and ISAC is a global organization, so the idea was that you can travel to a different country, work there, and if you work there, you're able to understand those people. And when you have a deeper understanding of people and their culture, it lessens the chances of getting into war, you know? Mm. And while we were doing that, it just hit me that if we did the same for Africa, for example, if I know that I'm doing business in Liberia, mm. it will be in my interest that Liberia does not go to war. 
if I'm doing this in Uganda, it will be in my interest that Uganda does not go to war. And everybody knows that we are economically gaining from these markets. So everybody's wish will be that we do not have to go to war. And that's how we achieve peace. So I believe that using business, trade and investment, we can achieve peace in Africa. And that's, that's the whole idea that came about. Uh, that, that's what triggered it, I, I believe, for me, is from the ISEC days. Ah, so that was yeah. where the, the mission to travel around, you know, the entire continent before 30 came from. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I just felt that, you know, there's so much more to discover within Africa. When we were interacting and you meet, uh, at that time, I hadn't traveled out in uni. So yeah. students from Nigeria, see they're thinking, meet students <laughs> from China, meet students from South Africa. You know, there's something, there's something, uh, I don't know how to call it. I don't know if it's an African spirit, but there's mm-hmm. usually there's something there that just made me feel like I want to discover more, you know? And then also I wanted to explore my French. So I wanted to also go to French speaking, West Africa, you know? So I don't know. I would say that it's just something about the African spirit intrigues me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. So uh, for a good number of years, you were playing in the trade space. I mean, trade is super important, even for startup founders, right? Um, yes. When we see founders scaling, they're scaling across, you know, different countries, expanding into new um, territories within the same continent. Because, I mean, the continent is large enough to be able to um, support some massive growth, right? Mm-hmm. But we, we also see that, you know, trade also comes from the government, right? And we've seen some of the moves, African Union, you know, there was the passport. Um, yeah. Then there is this um, AFCTA. Yeah, AFCFT. Yeah, right. So why, I don't know, why do you think it's taking so long for us to get to that point where all nations within the continent, you know, will be talking to you. Do you think, do you think we're taking a lot of time? Do you think we can approach it sort of differently? Um, like what, what's your thoughts around the progress of this um, conversation? Mm. So I would say that I don't want to say it's slow. It's just, I think in Africa, things take time and, uh, and for good reason. The one thing I would say is we expect a lot from government, but essentially what government is supposed to do is enable. So create an enabling environment, create the policies and procedures that should be enabling. And then the business people now capitalize on that or business community or entrepreneurs capitalize on that. So if you look at the biggest economies, usually there's a big lobby um, coming from business to push for policies that will enable or that will support them so um, my my opinion is that businesses or entrepreneurs need to really come together as one voice and push government or push um, our international bodies or regional bodies to create that an enabling environment so for example if you look at the afcfta Mm. there is like uh, tariffs um, that are supposed to be reduced so reduce tariffs on certain goods and products uh, there's supposed to be non-tariff barriers that are removed. Non-tariff barriers are easy to address, you know. So if you have a group, um, a business group or a lobby group that can push uh, government. So let's say if between Ghana and Nigeria, there's one tariff that's really uh, maybe hindering a trade of a very important product. So a lobby group could work with both governments and make sure that at least that tariff is reduced, you know. And the thing is that governments don't do business, so they really don't understand. So Mm. we have to be there in that space to inform them, to educate them. 
So as part of that also, like we've launched something called the African Youth Business Council, which I run. And essentially to get the youth talking to government and saying, this policy doesn't work for us. This policy will work for us. If you want to frame it uh, in a certain way, please frame it this way. In that way, everybody can benefit. And so nobody loses. So I feel like it's not um, so much a, a matter of being slow. It's a matter mm -hmm. of really having those enabling conversations between regulators and entrepreneurs and making sure that we're all coming to the table and making things move faster um, mm. instead of one person waiting for the other person. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's, a, that's a brilliant approach. And mm. that's sort of the way you went about the trade expo and how you, you're sort of handing it over to the government and guiding them through how they should do better. Because on yes. their own, they may not take that initiative, right? Because yes. they have a lot of things that they're handling at the same time. Yes. Right. Yes. And and they, they're quite open. I mean, you, you said something about trying to do the work of government and not being in government. Yeah. At that time I wasn't even a diplomat or anything, but you want doors to open. So you push and then when they see that actually this conversation makes sense, they accept it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, mm -hmm. because I think we also saw that in Nigeria within the last um, two years, um, as you know, a group of founders and ecosystem enablers came together to speak to the government and say we need our own startup acts. You know, after mm -hmm. we saw a lot of the decisions that the government was making, which was against the the growth of the startup ecosystem, they yes. had to you know come up and say we need we need a startup act. We need to talk. It took a while, but we eventually passed it, and yeah. Um, yeah. that was great for the for the ecosystem yeah that's that's amazing mm -hmm. yeah yeah awesome so um i i'm really interested in this other part about the knowledge so mm -hmm. yes the conversation happens decisions are being made and a law is passed or a bill is passed you know mm -hmm. um, a decision is made and the benefits are are now available to mm -hmm. you know businesses you know yeah. however not many businesses get to get you know get aware of these things so mm -hmm. how do you think we should approach you know maybe communications and transitions such that you know there's a widespread of oh you're not you know you have this this is yours so mm -hmm. you know enjoy what you now have because a lot of hard work has gone into making that um, possible yeah i i appreciate that question a lot and i mean that's where we come in mm -hmm. um I can't expect a founder to be trying to run his business, you know, manage the team and all that, mm -hmm. and still be looking through government policies that will <laughs> all that. It's I like pages long. <laughs> yeah, and also keep up with competition and you know new trends and everything. So I feel like this is where now, as ecosystem enablers, we we come in. So for example, last um, last year, in the last quarter of last year, we we did a pilot accelerator called the New Market Accelerator. And the goal was to take startups that have reached um, seed stage and, or they're raising their seed um, into new markets. So they, they are really looking at expansion and we support them through that expansion. So we worked with amazing startups, you know, like Pharmaline, like Jetstream, Tony um, Africa. And what we did is using our resources, we were able to um, come up with a team right so you have an analyst and then we have a team on the ground so if for example the startup wanted to go into nigeria we would get a, a an expert a, a local market expert in nigeria and then we also got a regulatory uh, startup a startup that works on regulation to make sure that this startup going into this market understands the regulation understands the opportunities and then we get a domain expert in that market so with that we were able to support these startups to 
you know, um, advance their expansion journey. Yeah. yeah. And that way they, they didn't have to worry about so much, like what are the regulations? Because we already have a partner to support you with that. Um, mm. What does the market look like competitively on ground? We have somebody to support you on that. So I feel like as ecosystem um, enablers, we need to look at the trends, right? It's more value for an investor if I'm investing in a company in Ghana, but I know like in three or four years, they're going to go into five new African markets, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's, it's more peace of mind for the founder to know that, okay, if I'm working with TLX Ventures, I can tell my investors that I'm going into this market and I have a support system that will enable me to go into those markets, you know? Yeah. Despite us having finished the program last year, at end of last year, we're still supporting those startups. They still come to us and say, oh, we need a contact in Togo for ABC, and we're able to do that for them. So I feel this is where, as ecosystem enablers, we come in, understand what are the opportunities within government, within the markets, and then present these opportunities to our startups and make sure that they are plugged in and they mm -hmm. can scale from that. All right, guys, you know, as always, you know, I have to interrupt. <laughs> I know you're already enjoying the story. Don't worry, I'll be out of the way soon. I just want to use this opportunity to, you know, mention the fact that the Launchpad program is actually open for registration and we're supposed to resume session and resume the classes in November. So you still have the opportunity within the next um, couple of days as we end October to actually register. Link is in the caption in the description box all right um also the sdc startup school you know we rounded up the sdc startup school um however we'll be making the recordings available for you to get a hold of so just go to description box you see the link and then you click on it to get access to the recordings all right um i think that's pretty much every announcement um also it's good to mention that everyone who graduates from the sdc startup school either the live cohort or the, or the course in itself, you get access to the SDC Founders community. And trust me, there's a lot of good things happening in there that you want to be a part of. All right, guys, let me let you get back into the episode. <laughs> oh, wow. That is super profound. I mean, it definitely brings, brings us back to you know, the work of ecosystem enablers, like they have a purpose for these founders um, yes. to close those gaps, you know, where, where, you know, they exist, especially when you think about expansion. I mean, yes. even speak, even speaking about expansion, you said earlier that, you know, th there were founders who, um, you know, they wanted to expand, but they didn't have the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. right? yes. So t t tell us about that. Okay. So you'll find, um, some startups you've you've achieved maybe a certain amount of revenue. You're starting to see, you know, your team is expanding, and you start to think, okay, because I'm selling this product in in Ghana, I can easily sell it to Togo, or maybe I'm selling this program uh, product in Zambia, I can easily sell it uh, to South Africa, and even I want to go to um, maybe an, a different market, maybe West Africa, or maybe even Ethiopia. But then when we look at the business fundamentals, for example, are your business processes in place, you know, mm. are your governance processes in place? Um, do you have, um, you know, your financials properly, mm -hmm. you know, managed, you know, are you, are you doing your projections properly? Some of this, and, and there's a thin line sometimes when it comes to startups, between startups and SMEs, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they are really 
eager to get things done. But then mm -hmm. when you look down, you know, for example, you're looking to scale your product. Do you have standard operating procedures? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're looking to scale maybe through a distributor. Do you have um, a distributor profile? You know, do you have mm -hmm. a, a selection process for your distributors? Or are you just calling anyone who says they like a product they want to sell? And mm -hmm. then at the end of the day, you send that product there it's going to sell, the person will do you, or the person you chose is not a better, a good representative of your brand. So at the end of the day, the, there's some fundamentals that need to be in place, for example. So you want to do your distribution. What's your distribution strategy? Uh, what's your distributor criteria that you're looking at? How do we select this distributor so that they feel that they're also being selected into a brand? They're not just being chosen because they, they, they showed a little interest, you know? And this this is what needs to be in place for you to scale successfully, right? Mm -hmm. So there are all these elements that the startup had not looked at or did not uh, consider before they say, oh, we just want to go and explore this market. There's also mm -hmm. the other element of doing market research, understanding that market on the other side. And this, uh, this can all be overwhelming for a startup if they do not have support. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That's profound. And, and these things actually contribute to even the business model, because um, you might get in Nigeria, a type of business model will work, but maybe when you get to Kenya, you realize that, no, it's, no. it's you would have to generate revenue through a different system, right? Mm -hmm. And and all of these conversations need to happen. It's not just about, you know, trying to export the product or trying to export the service. Mm -hmm. I think a, a very good example, I don't know if I remember the name of the startup, um, they, they wanted to launch into South Africa. I think that's ULS, and I believe I'm getting the name correctly. But it's a startup, EdTech startup, they wanted to launch launch in um, South Africa. You know, you know, they said, okay, I mean it's education, it's you know, um similar topics. I mean, we should be able to expand easily. Um they got into the country and realized that you know the educational structure is very different, the system is very different, how the institutions work very different, you know, the exams, the metric yeah. for success, very different. Right, so they had to pull back, um, yeah. you know, after seeing that they were going to go through like a lot to, 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 to make that happen. So that that is the job of you know accelerators and 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 ecosystem enablers. So I, I think this even brings me to the question of, um, do we do you think that the way the incubator programs and accelerator programs are designed currently are good enough for African founders? Hmm. <laughs> Good enough is an interesting phrase. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, first we have to just appreciate that there are incubators and accelerators and that they're, mm. you know what we say, their heart is in the right place, right? Because, mm. for example, a while back, when we, when we were studying growth Africa in, in Ghana, there were not many accelerators in Ghana at the time. So mm -hmm. the fact that they already exist, it's, it's a plus for everybody now the the concept of whether it's good enough or not um i feel that it it really depends on what what the market needs or what the startups in those in those countries need yeah there are some start there are some startup accelerators that are not you know we can't beat about the bush some of them are not in it for for the founders you know and that sometimes is unfortunate because we have to, for example, as accelerators or incubators, consider ourselves an extension of the startup team. 
So if we're supporting you, we have to support you throughout the process. We have to be in the pain with you, you know, feel the pain with you, feel the struggle with you and be able to be, be there for you. So for example, at LX Ventures, we know that if a founder needs us, if he needs to text me way after hours and talk to me and talk to me about something or get some advice about something, I will be available for that founder. Uh, these are some of the things that I don't know if they will fit within the good enough or not good enough. The other thing we have to consider um, is, again, I'll use the LX Ventures example. Through the incubator, we have a set program, right? The founders will do this module, then do this module, and then the next module. Um, so, for example, if it's the sales, and then after the sales, product mapping, and then after product mapping, uh, you do your financials, then you go into pitching. But then at the accelerator, we do not have such a process because we've we've discovered that at acceleration, each business is at a different level. They've already achieved their product market fit. I don't need to talk to this founder about what is your business model. I don't need to talk to them about, you know, uh, who is your customer persona? What's, if, if we're ever going to use a customer journey, maybe to refine it. But at the acceleration stage, we've identified that everybody needs bespoke help. So we're trying to structure our resources so that every founder gets the bespoke help that they need. And that's our idea of being good enough is that we meet you at your point of need and we work on the milestone that needs to help you move that needle, whether it's in terms of revenue or you know scaling or expansion. So mm -hmm. I feel that I, I don't want to say they are not good enough or mm -hmm. they are good enough. I, I feel that we just need to be more in tune with the founder and the startup need and then reprogram ourselves to meet those startup needs so that they are not moving from, you know, I don't know if you've seen this or experienced this where founders are moving from one accelerator into another Honestly. into another accelerator. And so to me, it's like if you if you were not accelerated in the first accelerator, like <laughs> what else can you do? Or if you've been to three or four accelerators, how far can we accelerate you? Which means there's a gap, right? There's something that you missed in the last accelerator. And so that's that's what I feel. Uh, it's not a question of good enough or not good enough. It's just whether we are meeting the founders or startups at their point of need. Mm, mm. Basically, tailoring it to what they need per time. So I, I think this even brings me to another conversation. I was having a, a conversation with another ecosystem in in the city of Abuja, and she made mention of something. I want to get your thoughts on it, mm -hmm. about how... Um, funders of the accelerator programs tend to influence the structure of the program, mm -hmm. um, which makes it difficult for the programs to sort of design for the founders as much mm -hmm. as they really, really need to. Do you think that's um, true in, in, from your experience? I guess um, it's a. I guess it's a case-on-case -case basis, right? So okay. Okay. depending on who, who the founder of the accelerator or entrepreneurship support organization is and who the founder is. But um, I feel that, you know, in Africa, we do not have a lack of creativity. So there's always a way we can be creative around how we offer the, the, the programs. Because at the end of the day, what the founder wants to see is impact, right? Yeah. They, want, they want to see impact. They want to see, for example, if it's... Uh, a MasterCard program, we want to see that we're creating opportunities for young people to work, right? Mm -hmm. So we as the as the entrepreneurship support organizations are the ones who know what works best, right? 
we're the ones who are supporting the startups. So we are able to, to restructure or structure our programs and also use our learning to tell the funder that, okay, this is what we've discovered and this is how we feel the program will go best. I mean, sometimes some funders are strict on how they want to run the program. It's not a problem, but we can also be creative around how else we can support these entrepreneurs. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's really the intention of the creators of the accelerator program or the implement those who are actually implementing the program if they're truly truly concerned about the growth of the founders or if they're just you know concerned about just you know doing another accelerator program for the sake of it mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah but that sounds very <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to like put judgment or anything it's just you know it's it's how can we be more creative i think that's that that's Maybe it's a question that we can ask ourselves. How can we be more creative around how we offer this? Because apart from just funding, there's also ways you can leverage partnerships, right? So mm-hmm. if you look at LX Ventures, we realize that we are a very young accelerator, right? And so we're trying to see what, what can we give the best from our accelerator? And then if we know that we're not filling all the gaps, how can I now link my startups from my accelerator to a bigger or a more established accelerator so they can pick up what they missed from my accelerator, you know? So there's also creative ways around it. So if you're limited in terms of your programming because of your funder, you can also maybe create a partnership with someone else. And then what you're limited to offer, the next mm. accelerator can can fill that gap. Yeah. Mm, that's 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 a master class right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's awesome so i mean what what keeps you going you know through all of this and um yeah i mean what keeps you going yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, actually the question is what will what will make me stop you know (laughs) at some point i'll have to stop i mean also like uh, an aspiring second time founder so but Mm. then I'm telling you, and I and I know you because you've been speaking to founders. There's that thing that there's that, there's something you know, <laughs> their, their drive, their belief, you know, mm-hmm. their, their dedication. We we support founders, and you can tell that this guy is not sleeping, you know. And then they have so many deliverables, so many stakeholders to manage, and they're doing it. And then they'll still come and tell you that oh, they're happy to give advice to another founder. They're happy to support another founder. So to me, founders are the superheroes of Africa. (laughs) To be with the superheroes every day and work with them, that keeps me going, you know? And for example, I'll give you just a simple example. We have two startups in in our accelerator. Mm -hmm. And when when we're working on a milestone with one of the startups, we realized that, ah, they have this need, right? And Mm -hmm. this startup provides for that need. So we put them together. And now they've signed a contract. So startups are now <laughs> clients. So it's just those simple things that make your day so exciting. And mm-hmm. every day you just you see a difference, you know, you see a difference for them. And mm-hmm. when the light bulbs come, the light bulb comes up for them and they're looking up to you to support them. You are looking up to them like these superheroes. So you realize that everybody has some value to offer. And every day you're offering that value. And you're seeing the returns. You're seeing those jobs being created. You're seeing these companies making revenue and feeling hopeful. Um, yeah, that that keeps me going for for sure. 
Wow. Wow. Mm. That that is that is truly amazing. That is truly, truly, truly amazing. To mm. be honest, I mean there's no way there's no way to um truly conclude that because just like you said, founders are the superheroes. Um, mm-hmm. We we want our continent to be out of poverty, and it's yeah. you know through innovation, through um, economic empowerment, through you know businesses and actual ro- working businesses, not just name brands, mm-hmm. but you know businesses that actually are doing stuff um, that yeah. would actually help help the continent. Yeah. And to to see that you know you are right there, like the uh, Moses or yeah yeah sort of like guiding them and telling them this is the way to to canaan land it's it's a big privilege to be honest it is Um, a privilege (laughs) that's that's the word it's a privilege and the fact that they choose you to help them it's Mm. yeah or to to work with them it's a privilege Mm. yeah it is it is so Mm -hmm. what does the future hold for leah what does the future hold (laughs) for leah Okay. Um, I mean, I still see myself working in this space, um, supporting tech startups, tech tech uh, entrepreneurs to to scale their businesses. Um, also teach yoga. So I'm a yoga teacher, but I've also seen an opportunity in the yoga market. So there is in the future a tech um, startup growing yeah. around yoga and wellness. <laughs> yeah. So we've actually started it. And you know the interesting thing, Cynthia? Yeah. When when you're an ecosystem enabler, your shoes are different. When you're a startup founder, the shoes are different. So now trying to be a startup founder, a tech startup founder, it's um, I can see myself in the founders and I can see the headache. And sometimes you're like, oh, this should be so easy because this is what I tell founders to do. This is not, it's still not easy. It's like you still have to go through the whole process. <laughs> so that has been a key learning for me. So... Yeah, um, um, yeah. The future looks like uh, Leah as a startup founder uh, running a, a wellness tech company, and then also Leah still supporting um, entrepreneurs through um, acceleration, and also Leah actively um, supporting youth-led businesses across Africa to capitalize and participate in the AFCFTA. So that's something that I'm really passionate about and active about, and um, that's why we set up the African Youth Business Council. And to me, all these things um, run concurrently. Yeah, mm. because I, I see the opportunity there for all the startups that we accelerate to plug into the AFCFTA and you know scale in a matter of uh, a few years instead of waiting for ten years and over. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you even made a very you know very really important point. You know about you know when ecosystem enablers have that founding experience it makes it makes the communication a bit more clear because you're moving from just giving them templates and because i mean with with frameworks and templates it's just frameworks and templates are summarized versions of multiple experiences mm-hmm. and so you you give to someone the formula to replicate the same results as you know was studied you know yes. in all those um all those case studies basically so mm-hmm. if you know an ecosystem enabler has that you know field experience that underground experience they can now tailor it towards you know the the needs of of the founder in that moment they can expound on it they can explain for that this is this is the concept behind this framework mm-hmm. and it makes you know it makes the work easier so yeah. you having the founding experience and still 
getting yourself um in in the founding space as well while still supporting founders it's just like a perfect blend so yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Quite an interesting journey, and and thanks for this conversation. It's it's quite important. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So, guys, um, I mean, it's we we are actually at the end of the podcast. We could we could literally go on, um, but just know that you'll be hearing, um, you you're gonna be hearing the stories of some of the founders that um, ALX is supporting. We're gonna be featuring some of them on the podcast so you can get to see the impact of the work that they are doing. I, I feel like it's really, really incredible the, the number of uh, people that have been impacted by the ALX, um, the group, right? So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that. Um, so you can reach out to Leah on LinkedIn. Uh, we'll put up links in the show notes so that you can also reach out to her and you know, have that conversation, especially in the areas um, that she'll be um, playing in. So um, Leah, do you have any final words of advice or guidance to either founders and also ecosystem enablers that are listening to to the podcast Mm. so first thing i want to really thank you for this and you know highlighting founder stories um it's it's really gives um kind of validation and added confidence when a founder speaks about their story and, and also to other founders who hear the story so i really appreciate you for for this podcast and in terms of advice, I mean, this goes both ways for ecosystem enablers and also for founders is just don't stop. If if the idea is good and there is an element of validation and the customers are buying your product, don't stop. When we set up Growth Africa, it was during COVID time. So our first, our first accelerator program we ran in Ghana was in 2020 as COVID was going on. And, you know, at that time, Everything was so confusing. Some founders thought the business was going to die. To be honest, even as an enabler, I was trying to be positive, but I could feel like, you know, some of these businesses are going to crash. But lo and behold, by 2021, everything was, you know, I wouldn't say back to normal, but at least the businesses were still running. 2022, they're still running. They're still profitable, the ones that we supported. So at the end of the day, uh, we don't give up. It's a long journey. It's a really long journey, uh, this entrepreneurship um, journey, but it pays off, but it takes a lot of patience and um, a lot of grit. Yeah. So I would say we should embrace grit. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, guys. You guys just received a very special, motivational um, um, talk from my ecosystem enabler so take it seriously guys thank you so much um leah this has been a really really great conversation we've touched on we touched a lot of things um, that are very useful to the ecosystem and yeah so guys i will um see you guys on the next episode stay tuned all right so there you have it Thank you so much for listening up to this point. I'm really excited that you stayed all the way to this point where you're hearing my voice. But don't just keep this to yourself. Share with community, friends, family, startup founders that you know will really, really need this. And also, send me a DM of how this has helped you or in what way you were blessed by it. You can send me an email, send me a VN. I'll be really, really excited to receive it. All right. There you have it. I remain Cynthia Ichisum, and this is Startup Stories with Cynthia.